Hello, Rasa. Hi, Dad. How are you today? I'm good. Are you ready to know everything? I am ready to know everything. Let's do it. Today, I want to talk to you about a crucial difference in how you can respond when people come to you with a problem. Ooh, what is it? Well, this is it. It's something that your mom and I have developed over a long relationship together. And the distinction is between complaining and describing. May I explain? Please do. Sometimes when you tell someone your problem, you are asking for help solving the problem. And that's what we call complaining. It's not a bad thing. Often people say complaining is a bad thing, but I just mean it's you're saying, hey, this is a problem I want to solve. But other times, you just want to be heard. You just want to be sympathized with. You just want to be understood. It's not a problem to be solved. It's just a situation you're in and you want love and support while you're in it. And we call that describing. And it's so different in how you should respond. If I have something that I want sympathy and support for, and you tell me how to solve it, I will get so frustrated. If I have something where I want you to help me solve it and you just say, oh, that sounds tough. Well, that's going to leave me with a gap too, won't it? (laughs) So we just ask at this point. I say, are you complaining or are you describing? Or I'll say myself, I'm describing, I'm not complaining. But overall, this is my big advice. Unless they tell you otherwise, Assume they're describing. People usually want sympathy much more than they want advice. So don't try to solve their problem unless they ask for help, is my advice to you. I'll keep that in mind. Are you complaining or describing? Do you ever experience something like that in your own life? Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Because sometimes I come so weird, mom or you, and like, Ah, oh, this is so frustrating. And Bob Erta keeps telling me that I'm wearing my earrings wrong. It's just really frustrating. And usually I'm disrupting, like you said. And so mom or Sylvie or you will go, Oh, I'm sorry. Or so not fair. Or what? Or we'll tell a story from our own life about when that happened to us. Exactly. And you do a great job with that too, don't you? Yep. You know, if I say, Rasta, I'm not sure what I should be doing. You don't tell me what to do as often as you say, yeah, that's hard. Or I'm sure you'll make the right choice. You're really good at that. Thank you. You too. Are you ready for today's poem? I am ready for today's poem. It's called The Breather by Paul Muldoon. Think of this gravestone as a long, low chair, strategically placed at a turn in the stair. We'll talk about it, but why don't you read it again? Sounds good. The Breather by Paul Muldoon. Think of this gravestone. 
as a long, low chair, strategically placed at a turn in the stair. So, what do you think about that poem? <laughs> I like it. Well, there's a clear little rhyme. Think of this gravestone as a long, low chair, strategically placed at a turn in the stair. Yeah, oh. but what does that mean? Well, do you want me to give my interpretation first, or do you want to give yours? Give yours, please. Well, when do you have a gravestone? It's when you... Are dead. Yes. So I think of it as like I've passed from life, and they put me in a chair. And it's long, and it's low. That's what a grave is, right? Yeah, that's true. And it's a turn in the stair. And I think of a kind of winding spiral staircase that maybe we're placed on when we're born and we're walking up it or we're walking down it. And then at a certain one of the turns is when we pass from life into death. And we sit on that chair and that's kind of our gravestone. And above it is the life we lived. And after it is everything that happens after we're dead. And in the meantime, we have this sort of point of reflection or at least point to reflect on while we're still alive. The breather, this little break, which is death. Yeah. Sometimes you even go sliding down the stairs on your butt. Ouch. <laughs> I do it for fun. But all the way down to death? Oh, uh, maybe not. Do you find this poem comforting or chilling or both? I think kind of a smoothie of the two. All stirred up and ready for me to drink. Slurp. Last segment of the show. Do you have a vexing question for me? Yes, I have a vexing question for you. That I've been thinking about. Why do we have shadows? I mean... I know it has something to do with the sun, kind of. It's like the sh sun creates like a reflection of us that's dark somehow. What? Okay, I'm going to dig into it. I'll get back to you soon. I'm back. A shadow is the dark area or shape produced by a body coming between light and a surface. Human beings or any other bodies have shadows because we are coming between rays of light and a surface. Wow. Think of Earth without us or anything else on it. The sun would shine down and light the ground. Nothing in the way, no shadows. Now add a single tree. The sun hits the tree. It still shines around the tree, so that part of the ground lights up, but the part that's blocked stays dark. Kind of like how a rock in a stream makes water flow around it. That's crazy. So the shadow is really just where the light isn't hitting. Depending on your position, that can be a little or a lot. The more objects between light and a wall or ground or whatever, the more shadows you'll see. At the same time, you could have multiple sources of light, like different lamps in a room, and that can cause the same person or object 
to cast multiple shadows. Wow. So shadow is more like where something isn't there than where it is. Yeah. And I actually have a whole book I should loan you on how to make hand shadows. Have you ever seen those? Yes. So the simplest and most common, and you've probably seen this, is a dog. You can make kind of a little barking dog by just kind of opening up your pinky up, up and down. But this book also shows how to make a shadow with your hand that looks like an elephant, a peacock, a baseball player, a cowboy, presidents like Abraham Lincoln or Richard Nixon, plus buildings like a church, a pagoda, or even the Eiffel Tower. It's amazing. You Must Know Everything is produced by me, Jeremy Smith, and her, Rasa Smith, with awesome music by Furniture. Please rate, review, and share the show with friends. And please join us next time for everything you need to know. <laughs>